Hello and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Get Stuck In podcast. I'm joined by Max once again and today we've got one guest for the guest questions, the footballing story. And given there's only one guest today, he's going to be joining us for the whole show, uh, going through our coverage of the fixtures that have just gone. And then we're also going to do a bit of a debate surrounding the England team and the England lineup at the end of the show after he tells us his footballing story. So if we jump straight in, to this week's results. There is one result that stands out. Come to Max in a minute. Obviously, he's a Liverpool fan and he will want to, well, probably won't want to give his piece on what happened. But we'll go to our guest first. We've got Ollie with us, who is a Bournemouth fan. We will be touching on them later on. But if we just jump in with Liverpool 1, Man City 4 at Anfield, what have you got to say about that result? It's massive. I think it's a big result for City. Um, going into the match, I thought actually Liverpool were going to take it. I thought they'd bounce back from some of the results they've had. Um, but yeah, City were just dominant second half, really. Even end, end of first half, really. I thought the first 20, 25 minutes was pretty pretty safe for both of them. Um, but yeah, after that second goal from City to go 2-1 up, I thought that was it. That was it. And then Phil Foden scored an absolute screamer. And that was just, yeah... That settled it, really. Yeah, Max, obviously you're on the wrong end of that result. <clears throat> it's been a difficult one, I think, for Liverpool fans and sort of the club. Just you had such a period of success where a lot went for you. And now, obviously, you've had a bit of a sticky run this whole season. But particularly right now, you're in a bit of a difficult spot. What were you, Did you think going into it that they were gonna that this kind of result was going to happen? I think I was slightly... Um... Uh, foolishly optimistic, like just as every every fan is of their club. Um, I think, I think realistically, we didn't even we were playing pretty well and keeping keeping City at bay until Allison obviously made his two mistakes. Um, I mean, Allison hasn't had a bad like a significantly bad game for the club in the whole time he's been at Liverpool. So it was uncharacteristic, but. Um, I mean, he's by no means. This is by no means the end of his career. So, um, I mean, he'll bounce back from this, I'm sure. But it, it was, it was, it was a blow, definitely. Especially seen as um, we've been so nip and tuck with City the last couple of years, and then it wasn't just that Allison made the mistakes, but in the second half, both teams came out, and it seemed like City went for the jugular in the first five ten minutes, and. Obviously, maybe we would have rode it out, um, but you're setting yourself up to uh, to lose um, in that sense. And I'm not sure if Klopp meant for that to happen at all, but I just think City went for it and, and it worked. And um, <clears throat> I think there were a couple City players who were outstanding yesterday. Um, obviously, Phil Foden mentioned, um, I mean, for me, he now has to start of the Euros, but that's, that's the issue. We're talking about this. There's, there's so many players that are... Excuse me. Um, playing in his sort of role for England, but um, who else was fantastic? I mean, I thought Myers was decent on the right. Um, there's a number of names. Bernardo Silva was really good, and Gundogan. I mean, he's become what he was at Dortmund, what we expected he would be at City. Um, I, I wish he'd been at Liverpool because I think he would have been fantastic again. I mean, <laughs> he's the per. He's he's he is playing himself into the player of the year candidate candidacy yeah. um at the, at this point um he's got i think 9 in 10 now 
um, as a midfielder, that's exceptional, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you don't get many midfielders doing that at all. Um, so I think City, absolute deserved winners. Um, I think where it leaves Liverpool, they need to start picking up results, simple as. Um, and they've got a tough couple of games coming up. I think, I think we've got uh, Leicester next weekend. And I think the Merseyside derby is the weekend after, possibly, with Leipzig sandwich in the middle. Yeah. So for me, it's just make sure you get top four and yeah. try and get a result in the round of 16 because you never know. Once you hit the quarters, you draw a team that maybe, like, for example, if, if uh, imagine Port, like Porto are a better team than they are. I think this Porto team is better than the ones that have been in in the last few years. Imagine they knock mm-hmm. out Juventus and then you then draw them. You have a chance to make the semifinals um, and then it's, anyone, it's a fair game from there. So I think, I think the Champions League is still fairly open because I don't think there's too many major teams in form. Um, but it's it's a rough ride at the moment. Would you say that the Champions League now, I mean, obviously this kind of thought process, I always find it a bit stupid. You had this with Arteta and the FA Cup, but we rotated our team and everyone went, oh, well, you're just, you're picking the league over the FA Cup. And it's like, no, rotation is just a necessary thing. I don't think it's, <laughs> I think it's a reality that you can pick. We're going to focus on this competition or at least you can't like make it essential that that is going to happen. So do you think Klopp might start thinking about the Champions League more than the league? Or do you think there is still opportunity for something bigger than top four in the league this year? I think he's got to focus on both because now he's got Chelsea snapping at his heels. Um, and there's Spurs at us. But I know Spurs are in a slump, but they tend to pick up wins and Harry Kane's back now. So um, I think they're going to be in the hunt as well. And Everton, I mean, Everton, Everton just pick up wins this year. They're a better team than they have. This is the best Everton sign that I've, I've ever seen as a football fan. Yeah. yeah, It's not saying much because Everton haven't been great, but they are the best Everton team I've seen. Um, I'd say Aston Villa as well is up there. Yeah, agreed. They've they had results quite quickly and they've been playing really well. They've got a solid team as well. Yeah. Barkley coming in. Um, he's played really well for them. So there's a lot for top four. I think this yeah. is massively for Europe spots. It's, I think it's more diverse than it's been ever, really. Yeah, I can't really remember a time where it's been this open for that fourth spot, really. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, at the moment, the way Leicester are playing, I know they drew yesterday, but they seem more consistent than, they seem more nailed on than any other team who we might yeah. consider to drop out. Um they got Vardy back now as well, which I yeah. think could make a huge sort of difference. And if yeah. he has had a bit of, I know it's an injury, but maybe a bit of rest, he can come back and sort of carry them over the line. I, th- I, I just yeah. wanted to um, yeah, mention on. the Man City results specifically, sort of last thing on it. Um, maybe I'll sort of put this towards Oli as a neutral in the situation, but obviously Pep's had a bit of a weird reputation in the last few years where a lot of people have sort of jokingly sort of called him a fraud and things like this and saying he can only do it with money. And that he always just sort of buys to fix the problem. And I suppose he still has because he's got the ass. But I feel like this is the first time he's rebuilt a team whilst he's at at a club. He's gone through more than one cycle now. Or at least it looks like that's the case. Do you think if he wins this, it sets him well above Klopp? Or do you think it doesn't really matter? They're just at the same level regardless? I don't know. Um He's obviously Pep's done really well at City, but like you said, I think he's done a majority of it on money. And most seasons they spend 200, 250 million, and you know, that's how you win leagues. 
Liverpool won the league. Yeah, they spent, you know, a lot of money, um, but nowhere near as much as 200 million, I don't think. Um, but they won, you know, the Prem, the Champions League and the Super Cup um, in the same year, pretty much. And, you know, with the money, but they, they still use youngsters and, you know, not as expensive signings like Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, all those people. Um, I'd put them pretty similar, but I I personally think Glopp is... I, I, I think he's a better manager. I'd put him up there with better than Pep just because, just because I think he uses, he doesn't use money as a, yeah, as, as like a advantage. I think, I think he's tactically just a lot better. Um, and I think it was the same at Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's always that's his thing. He's, he's never been the team that has the money, he's always been fighting against the bigger outfit. Um, and I do think it's kind of difficult because obviously you've got coaches, you've got all these different roles like director of football, but I guess at the end of the day, the manager's job is to get the best out of what he's got. Yeah. And the only reason we look at Robertson in the same light as Walker is because he's reached that level since he's been with Klopp. They weren't bought at the same level and that's just one in a number of examples. Um, but I do think, I, I just sort of personally noticed that I think Credit to Pep because as much as money is very important, so many people have had money and not done it. I know it's not the same, but Everton have had investment for years and never been able to make the jump to top four. Um, so many teams. I think if Man City do win it, it'll be five in 10 years, which is incredible. Um, and obviously there's a huge sort of advantage in there. But I do think, to be honest, maybe not even Pep, but just Man City's a club. They've gone about it so well. They haven't, I know they have spent loads of money in the transfer notes, but they've sort of, I think they've got a really good academy now, obviously Foden's sort of the crown of that. But I do think it's impressive what they've achieved because money is so helpful, but you still need to put the right things in place to get there. And they have done that. I think um, with Pep, he's taken, a, he's taken a lot of unnecessary criticism over the last year, unjust criticism um, after last season. I wouldn't say he's rebuilt a team yet, to be honest. Like he's only really blended in two players into the starting lineup this year that aren't from the original title winning team, which is Ruben mm. Diaz and um, Phil Foden. And I suppose you could chuck Cancelo in as well. But yeah. m- most of the mainstays are there or were at the club at the time. I wouldn't say he's there yet. Um, and I don't think he's done it to the level of other coaches, but he has the potential to do so, definitely. Um, but he needs he'd he'd need like next year for us to confirm yeah. that, I think. Um, I think I think as well, like maybe this window they didn't buy as many players, where previously they've bought probably five, six, seven players. So he hasn't had he hasn't had that capacity to to gel. Obviously, last season they like you said, they've only bought two or three players. Um and obviously that's just not going to take as long to gel the team together as if you buy five, six or seven. So I think that's why we're seeing a better City side because I think they've now gelled where before they were buying so many players in that the whole season they were just, you know, mix and maximum with defenders and right backs, left backs, centre mids, whatever. And it just wasn't working. They couldn't find a click like Liverpool did straight away. And obviously, you know, Jürgen was there, what, two, three years before he won the Prem? So and he had basically the same team for like two or three years, and I know they brought a new goalkeeper in, but you know it's not doesn't really affect the team massively 
tactically with a goalkeeper, I don't think. So, yeah, I think City have done really well. But obviously, you know, we'll see, we'll see the end of the season. What result they yeah. Get. No, I think, I think that's the one thing. I think potentially we're getting back to that point now. But I think we mentioned with top four, this season has just been so hectic and so competitive. I think neutrals are just loving it. But it is kind of worrying that Man City now think if they win the game in hand, they got eight points or something. So yeah. fingers crossed they don't completely pull away and we don't have a sort of similar end to last season. Um, but yeah, I do think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Man City now easily, obviously, the favourites, but personally, I think they are going to pull away and do it. But if we move away from that, the other big result, I think, Max, you mentioned it, the Chelsea now, somehow are only one point off Liverpool in fourth place. And it's just, it just sums up the season. I remember Arsenal at one point were getting relegated, then they were kind of in Europe again, and now they're kind of not in it. And Tottenham were winning the league, now they're not. Chelsea, at some one point, had dropped below Arsenal. And now they've got Tuchelin. And obviously, the results haven't been crazy, or at least before this week, they've got a couple of good wins, but just against sort of teams you'd expect them to be. And then obviously, they've gone to Tottenham without Kane, admittedly, and they've got the job done with a Jorginho penalty. Do you think they can keep up with Liverpool or overtake Liverpool with this sort of new boost? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean... Every team get it'll be interesting because every team gets a gets a bump when yeah. a new manager comes in. Um, I, th- I I can't remember a time where really a team's got worse or in like initially they haven't, they haven't picked up a couple of results. So I mean, for me, it's whether they can um, not revert back into sort of inconsistent form that they were showing under Lampard. Um, it's all well and good playing putting in the effort when um, when a new manager comes in and playing well but they're going to do that in April and make sure they yeah. get top four um, when you're going up against uh, a Liverpool or a Leicester even Leicester Leicester are going to be so hungry this year to get top four after yeah. just missing out this year um, and a Liverpool team that have been doing it for the last four years um, and have a wealth of experience in that squad I know, I know Chelsea do but I mean, I'd still, I'd still take Liverpool for top four over Chelsea, but there is definitely potential there because not necessarily because of how well Chelsea are playing, but because of how poorly Liverpool, Liverpool been up front. Um, I think it's more, more to do. I think if Liverpool pick, do end up picking up their form, um, I think when Jota comes back, that will be a massive help. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I, I, I could see us finishing third, basically. Yeah. What do you think it would do if you didn't get top four? Do you think sort of that could change your summer plans? Do you think players would maybe look at you? Obviously, there's a lot of sort of conversation about your board and how they spend money, but assuming they were deciding we're going to go out there and spend money, do you think if you didn't get in the Champions League, players would look at your club differently and think, would I want to go there? Or do you think they would just know that, they're going to be back in it. They're just so good and they've got such a good manager. I think there's two sides to it because there's the Klopp factor and I think that is massive. The the, the pool Klopp has, it, it, it's a, he's a top manager. It's like having Pep or, or Mourinho. Um, they all have a pool for these top players. Um, and I, I do think even if we weren't in, that, in the Champions League next year, um, that he would still warrant that. But... Players don't don't underestimate how much players want to play Champions League football. 
you see it over and over again. Um, I think I think there was there was rumours that Danny Ings rejected a contract recently from Southampton because mm-hmm. he wants to play Champions League football. Um, so I mean, it's the pinnacle of club football, in my opinion, especially in Europe. And I think if we didn't if Liverpool didn't get four, top four, that would be a disastrous season. Yeah, considering we were apparently title favourites in December. Um, <laughs> I mean, not really. I, I didn't really think we were, but. That's what that was the label placed on the team. Um, yeah. And then to, to miss out on not only the, the title, but top four would be disastrous considering where the club was at six months ago. Yeah. Um, I think I think the pinnacle of the club six months ago was winning the Prem and then we just signed Thiago. Um, and since then, which is no fault, I don't think, I think Thiago's taken a hard time as well. But it's all gone a bit downhill and I do think it's mainly the injuries because it upsets them. It puts everything out of whack. So for me, just prioritise getting top four and if you can make a Champions League run, do it. <laughs> That's fair. So yeah, if we try and move away from the Premier League now, um, obviously there's there's so many games we haven't covered there but there's also just so many games going on right now you just cannot keep up with everything. Um, so we'll just try and focus on sort of the main results. Obviously there was the Everton Man U draw but probably just leave that because I think there's a lot to be said about that uh, anyway so yeah if we move on obviously we've got Ollie on who is a Bournemouth fan just before we get into your footballing story and your memories Bournemouth right now it's a bit of a uh, bit of an in the in the news club right now you sacked your manager you're I think you said you're sixth in the league you've got a temporary manager in I think you said and then there's a lot of names being linked with you what, what, how do you see the current state of the club? Who do you think is the person to come in? And do you think they can anyone can get you into promotion spots? I think it's difficult. Um, there's a lot of really good teams above us. Um, Norwich have been outstanding this season. Um, Brentford, again, you know, got a top manager, got some really good youngsters, good players. Um, you know, there's there's the top six is quite tough. Um who I think manager, you know, who I think should be right. You know, I'm not, I don't know enough about this guy, Jonathan Woodgate, who's taken temporary manager at the moment. Um, I don't know enough about him. Um, I know he was um, manager at Middlesbrough um, a year ago or a couple of years ago. So, um, but again, they're a mid-table championship side at most, most of the time. Um, So... We've been linked with some big names like Lampard, John Terry, Eddie Howe to come back. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult. You know, at the start of the season, we were, you know, we were doing absolutely, we were, we were storming it with Norwich. We were winning games four, five, nil. Um, then we went on a little bit of a slip. Eddie Howe left. Um, Jason Tisdale came in, played really well again for five, six, seven games. And then went on a dip, and it seems to be the pattern at the moment. Um, but we, you know, we 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 should be in the prem next season, hundred percent. I think that the team we've got, you know, most of them are, are prem players. You know, we were there for five years, and we never really struggled until the last season. And I think a lot of controversy, but even the last season, I don't think we should have gone down. Um, yeah, the Aston Villa Sheffield United match, where uh, <laughs> I can't remember, was it? 
Villa won that, didn't they? I think. Yeah, goal on technology. The goal, the goal got allowed. Oh no, it's a draw. It was a draw, but the Sheffield but, had a goal disallowed because of the goal line technology. Didn't yeah, work. I think it was something like that. And yeah, you know, if that happened and and their results carried on like Villa's did, then we would have stayed up and they would have gone down. So there's a lot around it, but um, I'd like to see what this Woodgate does in the next five or six games and see, you know see what he's all about really you know he's obviously you know a good manager if they wouldn't you know they wouldn't have put him in if he wasn't um but yeah we'll see I'd love to see Frank there <laughs> I'll, I'll, just just because of the name just because it's Frank Lampard and obviously he did quite well at Chelsea you know he did all right at Derby yeah um I think you play, I, I think you play a nice brand of football with you, you yeah quite a lot of nice technical players like like Dan Juma I really like um but we play attacking football like like I think he did at Chelsea. And um and I think, you know, we've got the players for that. And, you know, like like I said, I think we've actually got probably one of the best teams in the championship. We're just not gelling at the moment. I think, you know. How big of a loss is Josh King? Not that much this season. Um Prem, I think he was outstanding for us. One of our best players up there with Callum Wilson. Um, and obviously, you know, it was it was down to time when he was going to go, really. I'm surprised he didn't go last summer. Um, but obviously, there obviously wasn't enough bids or money or, or whatever it was that he didn't go. But yeah, I'm not surprised. He hasn't really done a lot for us in the championship. I think he's played a handful of games and probably scored one or two goals. Um, so he wasn't gelling with the team. He obviously didn't want to stay. Um, so I don't think he was up there, but... This is a good move for him at Everton. I'm surprised because it was hit, it was them and Fulham that went for him. And Fulham, I think he would have got more game time. I think he would have been in the first team constantly. Um, I reckon he just doesn't want to get re- relegated again, to be honest. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> gone to, he's gone to a club where he's got more money. He's getting paid more probably at Everton. He's going to get a bit of game time. And, you know, he, they're looking to get European Championship football, aren't they? So I don't blame him. But yeah, I don't think he's a massive loss to us at all, really. So if we start with your, we move on to the second part of the of the, um, of the show. We'll start with your first ever memory um, in football as a Bournemouth fan. Um, when was it? So yeah, so I've I haven't come from a family of football at all. My dad doesn't like football. Um, my uncles love football, but they don't live near me, so I've never really. Um, but so my uncle is a Southampton fan. But um, when I was in 2015, um, when I was 16, he took me to a Bournemouth game um, because Southampton weren't playing at home that day. So we couldn't use the season tickets. Um, so we had to go to a Bournemouth game. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It was the first game I ever went to. Um, we won 2-0 against Watford. Um, it was the year that Eddie Howe came back from Burnley. Um and we won the championship that year. So that is my first memory of a football match. Um, and I just remember it being a small, compact stadium. We've only got just over 11,000 capacity and it just erupted. Like the place was just unreal. And I've never experienced anything like that because I'd never been to a football match or anything. So yeah, it was it was really good. And yeah, that was that was my first memory as a Bournemouth fan. Do you think... Um... It's sort of as simple as had Southampton been playing and you went to one of their games, you would have supported them. 
most probably. Um, <laughs> it's probably not a good thing to say, but I don't come no, no, it's to honest, it's family good. at all. And and like he, you know, he took me to my first ever game. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to support the club that the first game I ever went to. Um, and to be honest, I'm, you know, I haven't been to a lot of Bournemouth games since. I do go to yeah. a lot of Southampton games because the season tickets that he has and yeah it's hard to get tickets for Bournemouth it's really hard because the capacity yeah. is medium so yeah to that answer probably yes I probably would have been a Southampton fan which um yeah it's probably a bit controversial how, how big is the rivalry to you then because obviously it's a bit of some people sort of play it down obviously I think is it Southampton and Portsmouth are generally sort of seen as a yeah. bigger derby but how, how do you see it how where would you sort of rank it if you could amongst other derbies I'd put, I'd say it's pretty low. I don't think there's the the behind the scenes social media frantic like stuff that goes on between the Merseyside and you know the Manchester derby and the London derby and all those all those derbies. Um, but yeah, it's it, I I suppose it's big when you live down there um, and they probably play each other. I've never been to a derby down there, so I I couldn't say I've experienced. But yeah. Um, I don't think it's as big, but you know, I think to every club, like as a fan, it's it's a big thing. Um, yeah. For me, like I'd love to see us beat Southampton, but you know, I'm sitting there with my uncle at a time, and and he's <laughs> he's the other way. So it's um, it, I think it all just depends, really. Yeah, yeah, nice. So if we move on to your, I, I think I know what it's going to be, but if we move on to your favourite memory in football, I wonder what this is. <laughs> My favourite football memory of Bournemouth has got to be when we when we got promoted to Prem in 2015. Um, it's the first time we've ever, ever been to the Prem. You know, we started Eddie Howe in 2008, started us in League One. And in, you know, in seven years, did three promotions. Yeah, he went to Burnley for a year, didn't do great, came back. And then the first year he came back, put us up to the Prem and, you know, as you know. Weren't you in League Two as well? Like he, he after his first stint, um, yes. Um, you were like you were in the relegation. Yeah, sorry, we, we started in League Two, and then yeah, we got promoted. League. You were, yeah, you were sitting in the, one of the bottom places in League Two when he took over. Yeah, in two thousand eight, we were we had a seventeen point deficit for financial management, um, and he and he got us out of relegation that season, and he only started in December that season he came in as a caretaker manager from December to mid-January and then from mid-January he became permanent and then from then he got us out of a 17 point deficit to um to yeah to keep us in league two which is crazy top management that is really there's not many stories like that um but yeah going up to the prem was massive as you know it's financially massive for us um and do you know what? I think we deserve to be in the Prem. I think, you know, we're very, we're probably the smallest club that has ever been in the Premier League, like capacity of stadium and and the background of Bournemouth. Um, but I think we fully deserve that. I think we play Premiership football. Um, you know, we had a manager, Eddie Howe, that was fully capable with, you know, when Arsenal left Arsenal, you know, Eddie Howe was up there in the top three names of going for Arsenal, you know, he's been, you know, 
He was up for the England job at one point as well. Yeah, he's you know he's been linked with some of the biggest clubs, and you know as you said, England as well. So I think we fully deserved it, and it was a great moment for us, really. I can't remember it. I can't remember another football story like it in terms of. It was massive for Bournemouth as a town. Yeah, it was huge. It was coming up through the leagues that quickly. Um, Three promotions in seven seasons is, is pretty. It is incredible to me. Like, you don't see that story ever in the football league. Um, and to me, it's like without, unless unless there's a big financial backing, because we might see in the future maybe Salford City reach that sort of level. But yeah. Bournemouth don't have massive financial backing at all. They they've got they've got they've only as a Exeter City fan as well. Your stadium's only just bigger than ours, yeah. so it's like, and we're in League Two, so. I mean, he's incredible to me. Um, and we've never had the philosophy of, of of spending millions. We didn't do like an Aston Villa or Fulham and, you know, the 160 million you get from getting promoted to the Prem, we didn't spend 100 million of it on players. Um, you know, I can't remember who we bought in our first season, but, you know, we, we odd spend 20 million here and there every so often with Jefferson Lerma and... Dominic Solanke and Jordan Ibe, uh, Lloyd Kelly from Bristol, I think was 13 million. You know, we don't buy massive players, but we've kept the players from people like Steve Cook and um, Simon Francis, Charlie Daniels, who have come up from like League Two from all the way. They've been with Eddie Howe for eight years and they've gone from League Two to the Prem and they, but they can play in the Prem. They were fully capable of winning matches and I think it's just outstanding. Like our team was just, yeah, from from coming up from that level to then, I think it's been really good. And you know, we've lost a few players now, um, but yeah, I still think we're a solid team. Do you um, <clears throat> what do you make of Eddie Howe? Then, obviously, he left uh, earlier this year. Do you think? Do you think he sort of missed his jump to go straight to a, a top or a bigger club? Do you think he may have to go to another? sort of lower level team before now making the jump do you think his stock fell a little bit because he seemed for a little bit like he kind of hung on a bit too long potentially what do you make of that yeah I think um, I don't think he'll get into a big club now Um, just because I think the big clubs have possibly I think they've all stepped up a bit this season Um, there hasn't been well, there's been a few flops, but not not massive ones. And I think the managers there now are pretty pretty safe. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't see him going to, I don't see him going to a big prem club. But I don't know really. I I could see him only going to the prem. I don't think he'll go to a championship side. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Really, I'd love to see him back at Bournemouth for a second, well, third stint, shall I say? But. Yeah. I don't think he will. I think he's left it now. I think I think his heart's... He loves Bournemouth completely and he's always said that, but I don't think he'll go back for a third. I'd like to see him on Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think he's a top manager. I, I, I agree with you, though. Even though we haven't been the best this season, I would say Arteta feels quite safe in his position right now. And I agree, I, I think, think now... He's got to the yeah, end. Yeah, I, I think England's the one... Um, I personally would love him over Southgate, but obviously, kind of, they need a reason to sack Southgate because obviously everyone loves him well. 
he's technically done well to this point getting to semi-final. So I think it'll be interesting. But yeah, I do think he may have to go to another step first. It's kind of difficult to see. I guess it depends who moves next because I would normally say something like Everton, but why mm, would you get rid of Ancelotti at this point? I'd love to, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere like Wolves or somewhere, but I just don't see him gelling at Wolves. Um, don't see Nuno going either. No. Yeah, they're so set up for Nuno. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's literally. like it's all about him. Um, to be fair, maybe Southampton if um, if Hassan Hill does move on to a bigger team, but yeah. obviously the 9 0 twice and a couple other things. I'm not sure. There's, there's yeah. seem to be a few question marks there, but yeah. And I, I think, yes, I think Southampton's a great shout, but I don't know whether he loves Bournemouth too much. Yeah. That he wouldn't want to go to a rivalry club. That's true. Um, if he did do it, I think he'd do it just to get back into management. It yeah. wouldn't be to get back at Bournemouth, da, 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 this, this and that. But I, I can't see him going to Southampton. But I think if he'd never been to Bournemouth, I think that would have been a great shout for him because I think Southampton are a top club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see really. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so obviously that was your favourite moment as a Bournemouth fan. And this is, I, I think this is probably the question I like hearing the most right now because like Max said, we kind of, Knew what you were going to say for that. And I think with this question, you hear some things you maybe don't expect here. So, what's your favourite moment in football that isn't to do with Bournemouth? That's just completely sort of neutral. This is a difficult one for me, um, but I'm going to go up there with Tottenham City Champions League quarterfinal. Is wow. it quarterfinal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quarterfinal. Yeah. I was in the pub watching that. I don't know. Was I with you? You were with me. <laughs> I was with you. Yeah. And I generally think I I'm not a massive city fan at all because I I don't like a I'm not a massive fan of a club that don't have tradition. Um, yeah. And I I think they're a bit like PSG and they just buy their way in to a lot of things. But yeah. Tottenham haven't won a trophy in so long, and for them to do so well, and I just love Poch as a manager. I think he's great. Um, yeah, I just think that was one of the most thrilling matches I've probably ever watched in football. It was unreal. That was the most bananas game I've ever watched. Yeah. Maybe not the, yeah. It was, it's in my top three games I've ever watched, but yeah. it was the most bananas of all of them. Ridiculous game. But yeah, I think just for Tottenham, I think that was a big moment for them, that match. Um, so yeah, I'd go with them because, yeah. I just think, yeah, I think Tottenham deserve it. They deserved, they deserve to get to the final. I don't think they deserve to win it because Liverpool were too good, but they deserve to win that match against City all day. So yeah, that's my outside. Of yeah, about thing. about that game. Obviously, I'm not a fan of that game, being an Arsenal fan. But I remember watching that, and obviously, you guys were in, the, as you said, during the pub, so maybe you weren't sort of able to focus on it as much. But I remember this is the one thing I've always found weird about this game. I. Not new, but I thought it was offside when it happened. As soon as they scored, uh, was it Sterling that scored? Yeah. No, no, it was um, yeah, went around. Yeah, yeah. It was Sterling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I saw it. I kind of went as soon as it happened. I went, no, that's off. But no one else seemed like I was on my own. But like the commentators were just completely like, oh, it's happened. And I was like, I swear this was offside. And then obviously it went back to it. And I guess because you're in the pub, you didn't. But that was my weirdest thing with that game. Obviously, I wanted Tottenham to lose, so maybe I was paying more attention. But straight away, I just went, yeah, that's offside. Like, this is going to get pulled back. 
But yeah, yeah. that's my weird thing. I didn't know I didn't know it. No, I didn't. I just I I just went, oh my god, they scored. Like, oh, <laughs> how mad the match was. So like 10 seconds later, you know, the refs going like, you know, on his mic to the to VAR. And I was like, yeah, this ain't gonna, this is it. Like Tottenham are gonna win this. <laughs> Which is yeah, I think you it's see- just I think coming Sorry, from no. not coming from like a massive football family, like watching these matches, obviously like people probably talk about like matches in like 2005 and 2006 and stuff. But yeah, for me, it's probably the most thrilling match I've ever watched in football. I think it was just crazy. Yeah, no, that's what the Champions League does, isn't it? I was listening to something the other day where they were talking about why the Champions League is just so good. And like when you think of so many memories just of like good games. I feel like the Champions League just throws up so many top games. And I guess it's just the fact that it's knockout and it is the top teams, but it's just, it's just a special competition. Even if you're not involved with it, it just feels like it's another sort of level compared to all other football. So I think that's a great shout. I'm quite surprised. I don't know why I just hate this, but so many people have mentioned this top run <laughs> throughout this show. We've done five episodes and I think I've had that mentioned to me at least three times. So hopefully whoever comes on next does not talk about Tottenham's Champions League run. But um, yeah, if we move on to the last question, the transfer, um, and you can sort of answer this how you want, whether you want to do realistic or not realistic. But yeah, who's the one player you wish Bournemouth signed? This is difficult for me, um, like I was speaking to you guys before because we've never really been linked or rumours with massive players. Because um, obviously we haven't been a big club and we, you know, we never are really been a big club. So the one player I can remember is in, I think it was 2017 when John, did John Terry retire in 2017? I think it was something like that. It might have been 2016, but around 2016. one of those two. But he got, so when he left, he got rumoured with Bournemouth and apparently he signed a pre-contract with us, but ended up going for a manager role at Villa, I think, was his first move, wasn't it? Yeah. So that would have been that would have been sick because him and like Nathan Ake together would have been just unreal. Um, yeah. we would have had a solid defense. Um, player that I'd love to see at Bournemouth, other than like big names or somewhere like that. Oh, it's so difficult. Um, I don't even know. About, like, yeah. I don't know. I think someone who would fit your system quite well is um, someone like Shea Adams. Yeah. At Southampton. I think Possibly. He, I, I don't. He's not available. I don't think he's available at all. But no. <laughs> we um, we did we did rumor Patrick Bamford when he was at Crystal Palace. Ooh. Yeah. Um, which obviously, if we did sign him, turned out a very good player. Um, but then would have him and Callum Wilson um, bonded and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you I love to- everybody. I could have, You could have anybody at Bournemouth and I'd be happy because we need them. <laughs> if you sort of took out the fact that it's Bournemouth from the equation then, who, obviously you can say like some better Ronaldo, but I guess maybe like slightly lower down, like who, who I guess do you, would you say is like one of your favourite players just in the way they play? more than just the fact that it's Messi Ronaldo kind of thing. Like, is there anyone at that level who just fit that? Yeah. You? Um, I really like Morata. 
which is a surprising one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, I think he's a top striker. I just don't think he's, yeah, he, he didn't gel at Chelsea, obviously, at all. Um, but I think he's given the chance. I think I'd love him at Bournemouth. I, I think, think I those are goals. back that. I think how many strikers have not done it at Chelsea? I think it was, it's one of those where it's really, I always felt it was quite harsh how he was treated there. I remember he started well. Then he became a bit of a meme, like a lot of players do. And I just think, like, he's done well at Juve both times. Yeah. Did okay at Real Madrid. And I just remember there was one game where Juve played Bayern, I think. I think they may have gone out. I can't remember. It was a crazy game that went to extra time. I think Quadrado scored a really good goal. But I just remember Morata was brilliant for Juventus. Yeah. So I, I, bat, I, I think he's a great player. And I just think Chelsea and Chelsea when it comes to strikers. So, yeah, I'd back that. I think um, another player would be Nabry. Yeah. From Bayern Munich. <laughs> I, That's not a bad show. He was, bad. you know, he deserved a better chance at Arsenal. If if Arsenal had him now, it would have been unreal. But he went to Bayern and he's proved himself a great player. Yeah. I think personally. He 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 has done something to that Bayern team that they needed for them yeah. to win Champions League again. Um at Bournemouth would have been unreal. Imagine him with Callum Wilson and David Griffin. <laughs> that would have been up there. We would have been yeah, one of the best. The thing is, though, he went to Bournemouth, didn't he, on loan as well? Uh, not Bournemouth. West Brom. Uh, West Brom. Yeah. So it was feasible that you could have got him on a loan deal. Yeah, we could, we could call it Nabry when he was at Arsenal before he peaked, signed for Bournemouth for five mil and then turned yeah. into what he is. Honestly, it could have happened. Perfect answer. <laughs> That's the thing. They go to lower clubs like us and, you know, do really well. And, you know, they get sold, you know, elsewhere. And, and you know, yeah, we've had some good players. We've had some good loan players with us. We've bought some good players. Yeah. What do you make of Shane Long on loan? I think he's a great signing for us. I think I think he's, he he obviously wasn't going to get the time, the, the time at, South, uh, at Liverpool. Uh, no, not at Liverpool, at Southampton. Um, <laughs> but obviously, because Milamino came in from Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I think he's a top striker. I think I think he could do really well in the Championship. Um, I think you get a lot more chances on goal. Um, and he's obviously got a great shot on him. I think he's the fastest player to ever score a goal in the Premiership. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. That rings a bell, yeah. So, you know, hopefully he can do that for us. And he's <laughs> um but yeah, I, I personally don't think we actually needed him massively, but I think he's a good extra just to have. Um, he's a good off the... I think he's a good um, like sub off the bench, an impact sub. Yeah. I think he comes on and can change a game. Like If you're down, I think he can, can bring you back up massively. So yeah, I think he's a good signing. Nice. Yeah, well, should we move on to that section then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so... Uh... It's difficult this one because I think we might agree on it. So we probably will be putting a poll out for this to get your opinion. But I do think we may kind of all be in the same kind of uh, stream of thought. But we wanted to just talk about the England team ahead of the Euros. Obviously, there's a lot of talk of players who, like Maitland Niles, went out on loan because he wants game time together. I think everyone's now getting to that point where they're thinking about the Euros. And we mentioned a lot already Foden's incredible performance, Grealish doing well at um, Villa. So we wanted to talk about generally the, the midfield sort of creative midfield position who do you guys think should go if we maybe said you can only take three I guess would be if we say three sort of number tens 
who are the three that you think you would take to Euros? I'll go to Max first. First one, Grealish. <laughs> Grealish is nailed on. Okay. Second, I would, I would take Madison. Wow. Um, who might, who might, who have I got? On my, who have I got out of my last pick? You've like, got who, Foden, Mount. Are, are we counting Mount as a creative midfielder? He doesn't play the ten ever. I would say he's in that bracket. I know he can play deeper. I, I think for the sake of this debate, because you're gonna have to leave some people out, I think we're gonna put Mount in it. No, but no, I just said Foden should start at the Euros. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. I mean, you, oh. could leave, you could leave Mount out. I'll tell you what, I, I'd, leave Ma- I'd leave Madison out then, and then I'd put Mount and wow. But just because I know Mount is definitely going, unless he picks up. Yeah, that's the difficult, isn't it? There's who you want to go, there's who Southgate, because Southgate will take. Because I said to you, he probably will because the squad's a bit bigger. But if we were talking three, I don't think Greenish is going by Southgate's choice. I would definitely have him there. But yeah, I think Foden is a... Don't think really should go. I think he will because the squad is big enough to accommodate him, but I don't think he's going to start at all. I, I just don't think Southgate fancies him. That would be a travesty in my opinion. The way he does, <laughs> he does not start. Yeah, but I've think not about seen it. him have a, bad, have a bad game for Aston Villa. Yeah, but you've got Foden. Let's say Foden starts in a 10, right? He's going to play Mount. He's going to play Rice and Henderson, probably. Then you've got Saka, nailed on, right wing, sorted. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then you've got Rash, <laughs> Sancho. England don't even play that system. Now, nah, Saka <laughs> will play left-back for England at the Euros, which is a shame because he's insane at right wing. But we move. Really? He will not yeah. play left-back. Who's he my left-back? Not... Chilwell. Mate, Saka is levels. He's Nick so Chilwell. good. He won't play. He won't play Saka at left back at all. Do you not think he'll play Saka then? No, because nah, I think he's it's not so his fault. good. It's not, it's not Saka's fault though. Like nah. because he won't pick him at left back, and then the forward positions are too deep. Who's better than him at left back? And that's not even his main position. And I can genuinely argue he's better than probably everyone else. No, it's not that I don't think he's better than. It's just no, but who would you who would you pick there? I would pick Saka, but. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think he's going to play that then? Sure. No, I think he played Chilwell. Oh, no, I just played Chilwell. I, I, I probably agree. I think Lou Shaw will go in. Yeah, so do I. He's had an outstanding season. I think he's been one of the yeah, under- he has been quality. This Massive season he's picked up. I genuinely think he might actually get picked. Yeah, he might not start all games, but I think Max is right. I think he'll pick Chilwell as left back, but I think Luke Shaw will be back up. I don't think Saka will play left back. Do you think Saka will be used further forward? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Who who would you start that slightly different question to sort of the, the number 10s? So what would your front three be if they played a front three? Kane, obviously, down the middle. I'd Do you probably... think that is a has to be done? What, Kane? Do you think Kane has to play? Oh, 100%. 100%. There's the fair. Harry Kane has to <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not saying I disagree. It's no, just no, no, interesting. I don't think the other strikers are at anywhere near the level of Harry Kane. If he if he wasn't retired, what would you say about Vardy? No, he really, start, he doesn't start ahead of Kane, especially this season. The way Kane's playing, this is the best season Kane's had. But do you think Kane will replicate that in an England team? Um, I don't know, but I'd rather see him try than not know. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think yeah. on the left I'd probably have Rashford. I, yeah. I don't know because do you play Sterling as a right winger because he tends to play on the Sterling play. Yeah. I mean, he's picked up a bit recently, but I remember the first half of this season he was getting. I think it's position would be more risk if Sancho hadn't played. Well, he's been poor, isn't he? He has been poor, but he's picked yeah. up. Yeah, picked game. up a little bit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'd probably start Rashford, Sterling, and I think that is the the classic sort of front three that people. Would you say Greenwood? No, not not just because I don't think he's got the experience yet. I think he will be yeah. at some point in that in that role, but um, he's not there just yet. Greenwood, I don't think he's had the best season this year. Yeah, I think he scored ten this season. Don't in all competitions. Ten. In what? In all, in all competitions. Oh, he might have, yeah, because of Europa. Yeah, not in the league, but no. yeah, no, right in Europa. Yeah, no, I mean England is so difficult because every every tournament we go to, I look at our team and think, "Wow, we have so much depth," and then they somehow leave out Greenwich, leave out whoever. How if we just finish things up? I'll go to Ollie first. Do you think it's realistic that England can challenge for this Euros? With the manager and the squad they have, yes. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think outside of England? Who Who would you say is your favourite? Favourite, um, Iceland. No, I'm checking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Italy. Oh, yeah. A lot. I think they have some really good young players. Um, but yeah I, it's hard because like France and Belgium obviously are up there um, with just the football they play and the players they've got and they've just been outstanding for years um, and they never really dip um, but yeah I would favourite I'd probably I'd say Italy I think I think they might be underdogs it's a good shout like you said they've got a load of youngsters coming through Max who would you go for? What in terms of in terms of yeah, favorites for the favorites, obviously, yeah, like Oli said, France and Belgium are the clear ones for me. But mm. I mean, an outside shout, I think Portugal again are an outside shout. Um, yeah, especially with Bruno. Yeah, they've got a better they've got a better team than they did in twenty sixteen. And I know. Yeah, is the third is is the, is the third place rule in the group still in place? Does anyone know? <sighs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how this one's working. Walk through in third place, and I still wouldn't yeah. know over that. Um, yeah, they're my outside shot. As as for whether England can win it, I personally don't think we can because I don't think the defence is good enough or the goalkeeper's good enough at the moment. If we play what I think we're going to play. Who would you play in goal? Pope? Or would you stick with Pickford? I would Pope. But yeah. I understand if Southgate does pick Pickford yeah. because I think Pickford has shown that he has stepped up his game in an England shirt. There's certain players that play better for England than they do for their club. Jesse Lingard's a prime example of that. Yeah. Um, uh, by no means, I don't think... Yeah. I don't think Jesse Lingard's going to the Euros, but he's proven that. Um, so I, I, I just don't think you look at you look at teams that win international tournaments. One thing that's always consistent is they have excellent defenses. That Portugal team in 2016 did. The France team, the Spain team, the um, the German team from 2014, even the 2006 Italy team, excellent defensively. They had Cannavaro at the back. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same in every tournament. And part of the reason is because I think these players don't have a long time to gel. Um, so if you're solid defensively, it tends to make up for what you lack in attacking quality uh, through a lack of chemistry. So I think that sort of 
if you've got that there, you've got that base, you're much more well set up. And it's not yeah. that I don't think, I think a lot depends on whether Joe Gomez is fit, in my opinion, because yeah. he's the quickest centre back we have. Um, and I think you need that recovery pace. And I think John's, it's going to be an odd one because I think, I think he, I think Southgate likes Maguire. Yeah. But if you've got, John, I think he'll end up going with John Stones and Maguire. If you've got Gomez fit, who do you go with? Because I think John Stones at the moment has to start. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a tough one. But I just don't see us winning it with the current defensive makeup. I think John Stones puts us on a little bit higher because of how well he's playing. Yeah. But I don't think we're there yet. Two players yeah. might add into the England team. Oh. Jesse Lingard, like you said, I think <laughs> he played really well in an England show. <laughs> And I hope he actually does really well at West Ham because I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I agree. James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, that's such a shout. I think he's one of the most underrated midfielders in the Prem. Yeah. I think he's such a talent. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, like, set pieces, they're just so important. And, like, not even just scoring them, just his delivery in general. I don't know, man. I just don't, like, I feel like everyone slags off Southgate and I'm probably in that boat. But... There's so many players you could pick. I, I, I'd sub on more Prowse just to take a free kick, honestly. <laughs> he's so good from the dead yeah. ball. I mean, he's, I can't remember the stat because he's scored another one since the game I watched, but I think he scored one against Man United. And then at the time, he was a couple off Beckham or something for total career free kicks. So, yeah, he's un, unreal. Uh, going back to that question, I'm going to put... I don't, I don't think we'll win it. I don't think we'll get to the... Semis, I think we don't think we get to this. I think I reckon Portugal could beat us, I reckon France would beat us, I think Belgium would beat us, Germany. I mean, Germany are a weird one because, like, if Van and Havertz turn it on, they could be incredible. So, and yeah, I guess favorites, I'll be boring, I'll just say France because they probably will. So, I think this is Portugal's best year to win it again. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this is their best team they've ever had. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's the closest team they've had in terms of talent to that 2004 2006 sort of team with Figo and like Helga Costa. Um, who else did they have? Posti, Postiga. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how Ronaldo and Bruno sort of link up because they're both kind of uh, obviously Ronaldo's the alpha, but Bruno is very much kind of the leader without being the captain at Man U. So. It'll be interesting to see how they work together. I think if they get it right, they could just be unstoppable. I mean, that's just that's just their main two. They've got such a good squad, like you said. But yeah, assuming it goes ahead, I think the Euros could be could be very good. I'm hoping so. I need an international. <laughs> we need a, we need a good summer. Good summer, yeah, definitely. In the pubs. Got <laughs> to happen. All right. Yeah. So we wrap it up then. So that was episode five with. This week's guest, Ollie. Um, we will be back next Monday with the next episode. Like we always say, please do uh, DM us or email us. All the links will be in the description and on our Twitter account. And there will be a poll on the Twitter page to do with the England discussion. So head over there, get involved. And thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs>